Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Short Term Show special episode series on the high country of North Carolina. So we are going to be doing a 10 episode deep dive into everything you need to know about buying a short term rental in this market. And we do have a few supplemental materials for y'all to check out over on our website. So any information that you need on pricing of short-term rental properties in this market, you can find it on our website at theshorttermshop.com. You can also find income data, thanks to our friends over at airdna.com. You can find that on our website, again, at theshorttermshop.com. If you guys are interested in buying a short-term rental property with a short-term shop agent in this market, you can email us at agents at theshorttermshop.com or you can join our Facebook group. We've created an amazing community with over 50,000 people where we talk about all short-term rental investing all day, every day. And you can join that. The name of the group is the same title as my book, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. And we look forward to seeing you over there. Thanks, y'all. Hey guys, welcome back to Short-Term Shop special episode series on the high country of North Carolina. Uh, today we're talking about pricing. I'm already questioning my decision of the cast of characters on this particular episode, but here they are. Uh, I'll I'll have Luke, Mr. Luke Carl, introduce himself first. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm just over here brushing up on my jokes, making sure I'm polished for the for the show here with these two lovely gentlemen and. Uh, yeah, uh, quite a bit of experience in uh, short term. I uh, co-own the uh, short term shop with Avery. Uh, little known fact, I gave it its name. I'm throwing that out there right in front of you, Avery. Love it though. Love you. You're awesome. Greatest real estate agent of all time. And uh, yeah, I own the longest running Smoky uh, uh, Airbnb in the Smoky Mountains. That's my claim to fame. Um, hundreds of units and uh, life is good. Loving life and the full time real estate uh, spectrum. So uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, next we have Joe, the Groundhog Whisperer Prilliman. Mm. Can you introduce yourself really quick? All right, I don't know what yes. that is. Where did that come from? Yes, I am the proud owner of a groundhog underneath Unit 1 in Banner Elk. Uh, top notch there. So real estate investors, well, uh, real estate agent in the Carolina Beach market, um, short-term rentals, long-term, mid-term, done a little bit of everything, and just happy that we upgraded to uh, beautiful people uh, whenever we're live. So thanks, Luke, for that. <laughs> Oh man, I'm regretting so many decisions at Two the moment. Next, 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 we have Garrett. I don't know what a ladybug looks like. Simmons, Garrett, you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah, tough to follow that up. Uh, my name's Garrett. I am uh, Avery's lone and only agent up in the high country, North Carolina, the northwest corner of the state. Um, helped a ton of people buy short-term rentals up here. Have bought and owned some investment property myself, and. Um, yeah, love closing deals. Love talking, talking shop, talking real estate, especially up in the house, uh, the mountains and the high country. And um, excited to uh, be a part of the madness this morning. <laughs> All right, so today we're talking about pricing and calendars. So uh, Luke is like the pricing ninja, and I almost said guru, but I hate that word, so I'm gonna call him a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, he's a pricing ninja. And then you guys own properties up there and have a little more market-specific insight into it. So let's talk about, let's go calendars first. How far out in advance are you guys seeing people book? Like what's the average lead time for getting a calendar booked in this market? 
all depends on the size. So like, uh, I take my unit with the 28 people that can stay there. I keep that open about a year, year and two months and the prime season books pretty well in advance. I'd say six months, um, for those ones, but those are like the specific weekends. So there's some really big festivals and whatnot that come in. And those are like always fought over across the board. And so I like to keep those open, but keep them priced really high on the big unit. And then smaller units for me, Garrett, I don't know if you see this on yours, but, um, I'm as quick as two week turnarounds on those. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. All depends on the size. I would say the smaller units, especially some of these condos that function as hotel alternatives. Um, you're going to see people that, you know, it's the same people that are going to book a hotel that sometimes people book a hotel in the parking lot. So, you know, you're definitely going to see, I would say in two bedroom and under, especially the condos, you're going to see people with two weeks and under, um, I, I agree as far as if you do keep your calendar open, make sure those weekends, you know, there are certain events where people will book in advance. For instance, uh, you know, you got parents weekend in the fall where you got 25,000 students, parents moving them in and they're going to plan that in the summertime because it's an exact weekend and it's not changing rain, snow, you know, rain, snow or shine. Um, the winter time, you obviously people will come up based on the weather. And so that's something that's a little bit harder to predict. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I would say overall, not like the beach where people are planning their vacation months in advance or a year in advance at most. in some of these bigger houses, I would say two to three months would be the max, the max lead time uh, in some of these big properties. Can you describe that larger property? Is that a single family or what is it? So that one is a, uh, essentially it's a whole grouping of townhouses. So it's like six individual smaller units and with one large listing that I use it for. So it's more like if you're bringing just a really large group of people that want their own individual bedrooms and kitchens and whatnot. And so it's a little unique because I don't have the large shared space that a lot of people are looking for, but it's good for like large group uh, family reunions and whatnot, corporate events, stuff like that. So you have separate listings, one for the whole package and then one for each of them individually, or how does that yeah, that's how I run that one. So that one has um, a parent listing with individual listings underneath it. And so if one of the individual listings books, it'll block out the parent listing. And mm -hmm. so that's why I keep the shorter calendars for the smaller individual ones, because I'd rather the whole place book at once, but it's just kind of a way to maximize that occupancy. How do you handle that logistically with Airbnb and Verbo? How does how does a Verbo know that somebody booked the, the, the small one and now the parent is no longer available? So I'm still running on uh, the old tried and true IGMS and IGMS lets me have the uh, main parent listing control the individual listings. So I have um, a listing on Airbnb and VRBO, which is the parent, the big one. And then if that one books, it blocks the other ones at the bottom and vice versa. So it can speak to that and block them out when it needs to. It's just a slot, like a click button setting on IGM on your management software. It's a simple process mm -hmm. or, okay. Yeah, pretty uh, simple I, yeah. process. I think most of the management softwares have that just in case anybody's uh, interested in doing that. That's a topic for an entire uh, different podcast, which we will uh, get to at some point. But anyway, sorry, Avery. Um, yeah, I think they call that nesting the listings. Yeah. Nesting. nesting. <laughs> All right. So we've established that this is a pretty low, pretty short, quick lead time market. This isn't a market where people are booking 8, 10, 12 months out in advance. So... Let's talk about the seasonality, which, of course, you know, this is going to kind of bleed over overlap into some other episodes that we've done where we've talked about it. So uh, high season versus low season. When are those two? And then we'll get into the the pricing of that. Yeah, absolutely. 
this is can, can, can kind of be a long-winded answer. It's not black and white. Uh, I, I would say that the market up here, even though as the crow flies looking at it, it's it's 20 mile radius. Um, it's kind of split up into two or three kind of sub markets within the area. So uh, for instance, in the Banner Elk, Sugar Mountain, Beach Mountain area, uh, where Joe's places are, your quote high season is going to be a little bit more in the wintertime because it's going to be closer to the ski resorts. Uh, and now when I say high season, it's not like 90% of your bookings or hundred percent of your bookings are coming in the wintertime, but it might be 70, 30. Um, and that ski season is going to be really kind of kicks off beginning of December after Thanksgiving. And depending on the weather can go all the way to the end of March, beginning of April. Uh, that's going to kind of be your ski season, uh, high season where things can get a little bit slow is that April, May it's, cold one day, hot the next, it's raining the next, the ski slopes are closed, but all the summer parks haven't opened, all the summer activities haven't opened. So that April, May can be a slower transition uh, while you're waiting for school to get out. And this, and it's kind of in that in between. Um, once June rolls around is when the summer is going to be super popular. Um, if you're in that Boone or Blowing Rock area, the summer is going to be super popular because everyone likes to walk around town and be close to town and, 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 and be kind of in and around the activities. They don't care as much about being close to the ski resorts because, you know, other than mountain biking, there's just not as necessarily as much demand to be close to the ski resorts. And they'd rather be kind of be close to the action uh, in Boone and Blowing Rock. So I've had clients that have that are closer to there see more you know, stuff in the summertime and they'll still get stuff in the wintertime, but not as much. And then vice versa. If you got a place on beach mountain, it might be a little bit slower in the summertime. So, um, that, that whole summer kind of season really kind of bleeds into the fall and the end of that, whenever the leaves fall is kind of marks the end of the summer fall season, which typically depending on the, again, depending on the weather is usually the middle of October up here sometime in October. So your second little lull is going to be in that November, whenever the leaves fall up to kind of Thanksgiving. So that you kind of have a weird little um, lull before the ski slopes open that things are quiet in the, um, in the fall. So really, I like to tell people kind of a nine and a half, 10 month demand as far as people coming up here. Um, but if you look at it from an annual revenue standpoint, you might be 70, 30, if you're on a ski and ski out, you know, house on the ski slopes or 80, 20, even where your revenue is going to be the same, but the majority of that's going to be in the wintertime versus you might have a cabin in the woods on the river by between Boone and Blowing Rock that can bring in the same amount, but it might be a little bit more spread out across the, uh, the whole year. All right. So what are you guys suggesting for minimum night stay in this market, um, in the different seasons? Joe, definitely I'll let you take this one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely protect your weekends because your weekends are when most people are be coming up to um, use the slopes and whatnot um, and really watching that weather forecast on it. So if you know that you're going to have snow in the next couple of weeks um, or like that 10-day forecast, just make sure that you're not letting people check in on like Saturday, check out Monday, make sure they're coming in on Friday and whatnot to really maximize that. Um, but in kind of those slower seasons, we drop ours down to like a two night minimum. And so, um, that can break up your weekends, which isn't fun, but, um, we hold as fast on that as we can up until it starts slowing down. So is it, do you charge more for when it snows or opposite? Because I know in like in the Tennessee side, which I hate to compare everything to that, but that's what my experience is. If it snows, people like decide not to come. Is that the opposite with you guys? Yeah, def definitely, definitely the opposite. So, and, and again, that can be a little bit hard to time because obviously the snow uh, more than seven days out can be a little bit tough where you could get, you know, 
more than seven days out, your weekend's probably going to be booked regardless if it's snowing or not snowing. That being said, you know, Monday through Thursday or Monday through Wednesday, where you might have a lot of openings. If for whatever reason you're, we're expecting to get a foot of snow on a Monday, people are going to move mountains to take off work and whatever, to get up to the mountains, to go snowboarding or skiing on Monday through Wednesday. So if you can be proactive and get upstream there, when the weather comes out seven days in advance, you know, you might be able to come back in and be like, Hey, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to charge even more than the weekend prices because we're about to get blasted with snow and everyone's coming up to the area. Um, if you're in one of these areas that's close to the ski resorts. Um, so that's something to think about. Uh, again, it's not really something that you can automate unless you have guess maybe a VA check in the weather or something along those lines, but that's something that you could, you know, theoretically do. Um, but it's going to be a little bit harder, obviously, because you don't know the weather, <laughs> but somebody that listens to this is going to try and automate the weather. I can guarantee you that. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Some possible. engineer, it, it'll be an engineer yeah. that tries to do that. Uh, I, I was like, man, I wish I could do that, but uh, do they make fake snow? I mean, uh, what if there's, yeah. uh, can I yeah. still go skiing if there's no, oh, snow? yeah. So, I mean, that's something to think about. I mean, so the ski resorts never shut down from, you know, the beginning of December to the end of the season. Now they might stay open a little week or two later towards the end of the season, but very rarely hard. I've never seen it in the 10 years I've been up here where it's like, Hey, we got to shut down the slopes because it's so warm. What happens is, you know, it, whenever it gets cold enough below 30 degrees, they're running those blowers a lot of times at night. And so they're building up that base layer throughout the whole season. So that being said, if we have warm weather for a week, you can still go skiing or snowboarding, but it's going to be slushy. It could be icy at night. It's not going to be, you know, quote prime conditions. So people can still go skiing and snowboarding year round, which is why your weekends are always going to get booked. People are going to come up here. It's just going to be like, I guess it's similar to like surfing as far as like people are checking the weather and when the waves and the tides are right, it's like we're moving mountains to get out there. I guess you could always go surfing, but sometimes it's better than others. And maybe that's not the best analogy, but um, good to me. it's not like Aspen where it's like, Hey, you're going to have pretty prime conditions for six months out of the year because there's just snow on the ground for six months out of the year. So there's, you can always go skiing and snowboarding, but the conditions are going to be better than other times. And when we can get fresh snow, anybody will tell you, Skiing on fresh snow is better than icy, you know. And snow. what about the roads? These are maintained by the city and the county, and they're cleared, and you can get to your property uh, even when there's heavy snow. That's not a problem. I'm not used to that. Yeah, I mean, we talk. Yeah, we we we, 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 we went into that, that in on, depth on, on some other episodes. episode. But um, the main roads, like if you're not, you know, main roads going to the ski slopes, they're they're going to do a really good job of plowing, you know, plowing those. It's the number, you know, one of the main sources of income for the whole county is the ski resorts in the wintertime. So, and we have the infrastructure to do that. It's not like the town shuts down when we get a half inch of snow. Um, and people usually are coming up here again, expecting the snow and bringing, bringing their four wheel drive vehicle. Um, and so, yeah, uh, we have a requirement Luke across the board is everyone has to have a four wheel drive vehicle. In the Got, it. Got All it. All right. So we've established pretty, pretty short lead time in this market. High season is typically in the wintertime, but you can't, you know, you'll, you'll get booked in the summertime also. Um, we've talked about minimum night stay. So let's talk about what times during, so obviously you want to be using price labs or a pricing tool, but you also want to be paying attention. You don't ever want to have anything fully on autopilot. So what are the different things throughout the year that we need to be paying attention to and making sure that we are priced accordingly for? Wooly worm. Yeah, we talked about the Wooly Worm Festival. I, I still don't even really know what it is, but a big fall festival out in Banner Elk that uh, brings a ton of people in. Um, there's a big event called the Highland Games, which is up on Grandfather Mountain that is, I don't know how many thousand people, but people come in from all over the country and they- What is it? Kilt. 
they put their kilts on. They little it's like shot putting all of literally the Scottish archaic games, and they all dress up. It's a huge thing. Um, well, so it's like kind of sort of similar to like a Renaissance fair, but Olympics. I don't know what that is, but yeah, I guess it's the Highland Games. I mean. <laughs> It's, yeah, that's really the only way to it. baby. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 Catalina Wimers. Um, yeah, it's it's a um, I guess it's something that's held in Scotland. There's always like there's a it's tug, so hard like, to tug, describe tug of war. You really just see it. I mean, like I'm Google. <laughs> Sounds like right a little now, bit Dungeons like, and Dragons, or exactly like, what it is. Just oh, real yeah. version. Like it's kind of like a civil the civil war reenactments you see up in the Northeast, where it's like yeah, they call that larping, stuff. larping, like larping. I don't know. That sounds inappropriate. L- live action uh, role playing. <laughs> um, yeah. So Highland Games is huge. Any, I mean, I pencil in every home game, football game in the fall. Um, you know, I'm myself included. Most of the alumni at App State, because it's so cheap to go to school here in state tuition. Most of the alumni, even if you're not in school, they live in North Carolina, so they're in Raleigh, Charlotte. So the home football games are huge. You know, people coming into town, uh, parents coming into town, friends and what families. What is are we in here? FBS. Double, we're, we're we're usually in the top 25 okay all right yeah we're in the sun belt we're the first we were the first uh school sun ever belt. to win sun belt. sun belt that's the conference not the division right yeah. conference is what i meant yeah yeah we're in with like louisiana monroe and lafayette and um i don't know we're working on getting a little but what but we beat michigan we beat a&m last year we have like a it's kind of a cult following of football up here um just because yeah the history and taking everyone. down the giants that's right that's right all so right. yeah that's huge um there's a couple other different festivals uh, in Blowing Rock. Uh, uh, do, do we find that Price Labs keeps pretty good track of all these uh, these these things for us? I don't us think or, so. I don't no? know. Joe will be able to, you know. It, it does okay. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it shows the larger increase in demand. So, like, the, it's funny because, like, the Willie Worm Festival, for some reason, is one of the highest pingers on Price Labs to show it's just, like, egregious amounts of money you can charge for. For some reason, that brings in just a huge number of people. Um, but all these other ones, like um, it, it's difficult to use it for like snow tracking, like we were talking about, cause it's not gonna be able to pick up on the demand that comes in that quick. But um, for these larger ones, absolutely. It shows that, Hey, these are the times when people are searching and it's been decently accurate um, from what I've seen. Now, that being said, Joe, I, uh, full disclosure, you've been on my podcast, short-term rental management, which I'm going to plug that, Avery. Sorry if you don't mind. If you want to check me out on uh, wherever podcasts are listened to. Uh, you you don't ne- actually integrate with price. This is a pricing call. So you use it. Uh, exp- can you explain that a little bit? You use it, but you're not actually connected, right? How, how, how do you do that? 100%. So um, kind of flying blind on my first year up in the high country. Um, we'll be uh, totally honest about that. And so looking at it from a supply and demand standpoint. So seeing where Price Labs is saying, hey, this is where everything is, and then integrating like uh, enemy method kind of style on it. And so this year, we're, we're a lot heavier on figuring out the prices in the high country because um, Price Labs would probably give me a pretty good run for my money right now. And we're trying to beat that with the way we do it. And so spending a lot of time like looking at people around us, and um, I'll like, we'll sign into Price Labs, but we won't integrate it directly to it. So we can see where they're saying we're going to have higher ones and not. And then we compare that with our competition around us that we're following pretty closely. Which is, but just in case you're, if you're a noob, th- this is not conventional way to do pricing. Uh, uh, Joe has quite a bit of experience. He's been doing this a really long time. I personally would never do that. It's too much work for me. Uh, I, I, I spend, I do integrate with Price Labs, of course, and I spend my time tweaking on Price Labs. Mostly, it's right, really, 
very similar to what Joe's doing. Um, it's just to me, uh, what he's doing sounds like more work than what I'm doing, uh, but it works, it works for him. That's again, at the end of the day, you're a property manager. If you're going to get into this gig, you are a property manager. I think that's something that a lot of people just overlook. Oh, I'm just going to put my house on Airbnb and it'll be awesome, which it is. But at the end of the day, you're in charge of picking which guests are coming through and fixing dead toilets and, and uh, you know, uh, leaks under the house and the main line and all this other stuff and the roof and the uh, roof leak. You're a property manager. So Joe is having great success with his uh, way of doing things. Um, I, I definitely would recommend, especially for a noob, to, to go ahead and integrate Price Labs. But that's not that's not his style, and it works, and that's awesome. That's the key. You can always do it. Like there's so many ways to do it and be successful with it. And so that's what I love about it. It's like, yeah, my way is very, very different. But um, like you said, it works for us. And so um, you can be successful in this in tons of different ways. Uh, how how are we doing on big holidays, major holidays like Fourth of July? For let's just stick with Fourth of July for a second. What does that look like? How far in advance do I want it booked? Is it similar to other markets, etc.? Yeah, yeah, uh, very similar to other markets. I, I would say, kind of as a whole. So if you look at the landscape of people that are visiting up here, historically, it is a lot of people from North Carolina in these driveable markets, Charlotte, Raleigh, Winston-Salem, the triad area. So in the wintertime, however, you know, because of the ski slope. So in the summertime, we'll start in the summertime. So in the summertime, you live in Raleigh, you live in Charlotte, you got two places to go. You come up to the mountains or you go down to the beach. Well, in Joe's area down at the beach, no one really goes down in the wintertime unless you own property there. It's not really a big hotspot. You got your hot, you know, you're really seasonal the summertime, you know? So yes, while I love the summer up here, it's 75 degrees when it's hundred degrees in Raleigh, you're, you're split between the demand split. So when you live in Raleigh, Charlotte, you're much likely to go rent a house at the beach in the summertime. Maybe you'll come up for a weekend, you know, to the mountains, but it's split. You know, we don't get anyone from Tennessee in the summertime because even though I could go on a rant about how, how our mountains are cooler and better, People aren't going to drive an extra three, four hours to, because they can go to the Smokies. If they live in Knoxville, if they live in Nashville. They're not driving six and a half hours, seven hours just to come up to Boone just to get a little bit higher elevation. That being said, you know, the winter rolls around and no one's going to the beach. People want to go to a mountain retreat weekend, even if they're not skiing and snowboarding. Their kids have never seen snow because it flurried in Charlotte and never sticks on the ground. And they're going to come up here and drink hot chocolate and sit by the fire and maybe go skiing or snowboard. And now, now we will get people from Nashville, from Knoxville. You know, there's right. no places to go skiing and snowboard. And we'll get people from Alabama. Anyone that doesn't want to get on an airplane to go up to Aspen or go west or go to Vermont, we will cast a bigger net in the wintertime. So that's another yeah. reason why I could be a little bit popular, more popular in the wintertime, because, we're, you know, if you're going to go skiing or snowboarding, sure, it's not Breckenridge or whatever, but it's the best skiing in the southeast mm. as far as a six and a half hour. So we'll get that six and a half hour, seven hour car drive people because it's hard, you know, in the wintertime versus the summertime, you know, while I love being up here, you're going to get a little bit more people that um, it's going to be just a little bit more centered of Charlotte, Raleigh, but you're also, you know, competing with the beach. And so, you know, kind of circling back, that's another reason why the, the, the holidays, 4th of July, super popular up here, but you're also going to have people going to the beach for 4th of July. It's one of the busiest week, you know, the busiest week of the year. Um, that being said, Thanksgiving, Christmas, everyone wants to spend up in the mountains because everyone wants Hold to on just, just a second. Let me get you back on track with the 4th yeah. of July. How much can I expect on a two bedroom, give or take, you know, well, and not even, don't even have to give me a dollar number, like compared to a, a week in March or April. I mean, is it, uh, it in other words, 
Not even a percentage. Is it exponentially more uh, than it would be on a regular old Tuesday in March? Or I would is say kind of relaxed. I would say Fourth of July is a little bit. It's elevated, but not as elevated as you might see at the beach. Mm-hmm. Joe, you correct me if I'm, I mean, I know. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, it's still double your rate that you would be getting on a random day in March, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's not three, four, five times your rate like you can get down here in Carolina Beach, and so. Right. It's um, it's okay. fantastic to target those. That's what I'm looking for. So almost sounds sounds a little similar to Christmas in in the Emerald Coast, where yes, you're going to get booked. December, you ain't you're not getting anything really other than Christmas. But Christmas, you're going to get booked. It's not going to be crazy. It's not going to be a Fourth of July number or or anything like that. But uh, but but it's a desi- desirable date that it is definitely going to be uh, a needle mover for the for, yeah. the, for that time of now, year. Now you're going to be happier. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's up here is going to be the four times, five times rate because everyone will come up here for Thanksgiving. Um, There's going to be a little low in December between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but then when Christmas and New Year rolls around, everyone is coming up here um, mm-hmm. for a week mm-hmm. or whatever, and that's going to be kind of your, you know, the beach Fourth of July kind of rates is going to be our mountain Christmas, New Year's. Everybody wants a white Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm starting time. to see a, a, you know, kind of the, the um, in my brain, I picture like this. It's like a wave of uh, a graph of when the people are coming, and in the Smokies, it's like crazy, 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 and then it dies down for a couple of months, and then it's crazy again. Uh, but you guys, uh, the lot, the graph in my brain is high when it's low in the Smokies. So that's that's really cool. It's a little bit of a different vibe. Um, not not really used to 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 the slow season being busy. Uh, to me, that's the slow season, you know. So that's that's really, and it is in most markets. It's just all same in the beach, you know. If you're on if you're on a beach beach like uh, Florida, uh, you know, November, December, January is pretty dead. So it sounds like you guys. Uh, uh, I guess what, what my question is is uh, Joe or or Garrett, what's what what can I expect on an average occupancy rate? I know it's a diff- very difficult question to ask, uh, but maybe on a just a run of the mill two bedroom, twelve hundred square feet, you know, house. Am I looking at 85%? Am I looking at 50%? Uh, I'm shooting for about 70 okay. is my plan. Yeah. But I think we're going to probably fall closer in that 60% range. And that's on a smaller um, home or that's on the big giant uh, multiplex? That's on the smaller homes. Smaller, okay. two, bedroom, two bedroom and under. Yeah, I can would I say expect, that. Now, I expect lower occupancy on a bigger home. Is a bigger home going to be 40, 50% or is it going to be similar to the 60, 60-ish? I think it'd be 40, 50 personally, but I'll have better data for you as I get a full year under it. And that's also too part of my strategy is I try to run as many people through as possible to build up that base. Once I have that base years, two, three, and four, I always do way better in my occupancy, but looking at it from, I'm jumping into this market, like trying to keep my expectations a little more real. Well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Or I was just going to say, I would say even a smaller places, like you'll see some studios, some true hotel alternatives. When I had my condo on Sugar, it was closer to 90%. I had one night minimums. It was people in and out, like across, like just all the time. Um, you know, obviously there's that line of you can get your occupancy as high as you want if you drop your nightly rate. And so that's obviously can, you know, a different conversation. Um, that being said, as far as the large properties, uh, I know we had Mike, uh, a client of mine on another property of mine. He's got a 10 bedroom old, it used to be an old ski lodge. Now it's a, or it's a nine bedroom house and that gets booked. It's like 80, 85% occupancy because it's such a huge, unique property that can house so many people. 
that is going to be a little bit more like, okay, this is going to get, you know, there's only X amount of places for people to go. That's larger than 20 people. Um, but I would say your typical four or five bedroom house, um, you know, I, I have a listing that is, is five bedrooms. That was, I would say is going to be closer to like that 55, 60% occupancy. Okay, great. And then what about, uh, so as I'm rounding 4th of July, before I get to Val uh, Valentine's day, uh, uh, the holiday, the major holidays, what does that look like? September, October, back to school. Um, is it, uh, is there a bit of a lull there? Is it, is it decent or how am I doing on the, I guess the, uh, the, the, the fourth quarter of the, of the year. Yeah, Going absolutely. Third to fourth I, quarter. I actually think, um, and I think, I, I think Joe will agree with me. Um, and there's, you know, data to back it up. I think the busiest month of the year up here is October. Um, the weather is super perfect. The leaves are changing. Um, people are coming up. It's kind of back to school. So you got the, you know, back to school crowd as far as parents, families, you got people coming up to see the leaves change and that's going to happen sooner than it does in the rest of the state because of the temperatures. Um, so I actually think that September, October, as the weather kind of cools is, is one of the busiest months. And then it will drop off whenever that leaves fall, whenever those leaves fall is when it will drop off kind of substantially. And it's like, all right, cool. We're cool until the holidays. Right. That's kind of that steep drop off is November, I believe is our worst month. And so that's whenever I plan on going up there and like enjoying it and hanging out because it's like, I like to go to my properties and use them. And so, um, but, uh, October is just absolutely crushing it. And then there's pretty a steep drop off. And so that's why we always kind of go back to the winters. The winter's consistent, good all the way through, but October just crushes it. And then November is pretty quiet. Okay. And if I'm a noob coming into this market, I'm not going to, I, I can't freak out that my entire calendar is not full. It's just not how it rolls here. Right. Right. Okay, cool. So just know I, that. I would say, I, I would also say too, I mean, when we talk about occupancy and it depends on your price, like, you know, my parents have a condo, two bedroom, two bath condo. It's got a sweet view. They don't maximize it. You know, they use it. They kind of parlay it as a second home, but they have had, since they have purchased it in April, every single weekend has been booked and they're cool with it. They don't care about the weeks or whatever. So you are going to get people on the weekends every single you could get somebody in your place every single weekend you know where you see that that different that delta in occupancy from 100% to the 60% majority of that is going to be the weekdays and some people you know can drop their prices low enough to get a couple people maybe it's a long weekend but the reason that it might be higher in the winter time is because we talked about hey the snow doesn't just snow on the you know it doesn't just snow on the weekend so if we do, do get a snowstorm on a monday through wednesday people are going to kind of move mountains you know no pun intended to get up here and uh and ski or snowboard. So that's where you're going to see why it can be busier in the week in the winter time is because you're going to be more, see more people in the week during the week. Well, uh, I would love to get your mom's phone number so I can discuss that with her. So what are we looking at for uh, new year's? We've already, we kind of scooted back and forth. Now we went from 4th of July to Christmas to back to school. <laughs> uh, sorry about the, your mom joke, Avery, but, uh, <laughs> and now, so slide me back, uh, this the, the Direction we were going originally into uh, New Year's and, and that uh, general area is that heavy? Are people coming there to party with the champagne and go skiing? Oh yeah, huge up here. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I want to say I, I have some clients that we actually met, Dan, the, the Kennedys uh, at the uh, at the BP at BP Con, but they had their place. They have a five bedroom on Beach Mountain, and they got booked for like twelve hundred a night, I believe, or something along those lines, like four or five months in advance for New Year's. Um, New Year's is super big up here with people coming up, yeah, partying and, and skiing and snowboarding. Living the dream. Yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, so any other 
best practices in terms of calendars and pricing that anybody wants to share before we go? Because I think we've kind of hit everything. It's pretty straightforward. Um, but anything else that we think the listeners might benefit from hearing? I'd say just keep your eyes open on it, on like making those little adjustments and whatnot, especially new into the market. <clears throat> because like, if you really step back, it's kind of turbulent. There are some months that are going to do really, really good. There's other ones that aren't. And so kind of trying to maintain more of that steady eddy income throughout the year is real important. So maximizing your weekends, obviously, are huge. And um, just making sure that those special events aren't creeping up on you because there are times that you don't really expect. And so just have your eyes open on like when your calendar is going to do really well, maximize those and don't be as worried about the times when it wouldn't book anyway. Um, sometimes it's better to not fill it. All right. Anybody else? That's really good advice, Joe. Sometimes you don't need to get booked if it's going to have to be at a really low price. I totally agree with that. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I would say too, just kind of focusing on, you know, when you're buying, um, what area I know we kind of, it can be a, a podcast, a, a entirely separate podcast, but figuring out where exactly you're buying and being prepared for that because it's not necessarily, Hey, this is the high country calendar. It's like, you know, if you got a ski in ski out house on the ski slopes, which is almost like an oceanfront property kind of equivalent, it's like you're major, you, you are super high season is the wintertime, the summertime, it could be very quiet. Now you're, you know, so, so thinking about trying to price things versus if you're, you know, have a little cabin that is off the Blue Ridge Parkway and blowing rock or so something else, it's going to be a completely different animal. You're going to attract a completely different kind of people. Um, and, uh, so kind of thinking about splitting up the market into sub markets and figuring out, Hey, your occupancy, um, can be different, which is again, why I love the enemy method up here, because you can typically find another property close to where yours is. And your comp to that is going to be, could be completely different than a two bedroom, you know, in blowing rock, or even though it looks like on Google maps, it's not far away. It really is almost a, almost an entirely different market. All really good advice. Last call, Luke, you always have something to say. No, that's it. Good looking dudes. Great to be here. Yeah. The, pri the pricing panther. <laughs> the pricing panther. The panther of pricing. Wow. Oh, I love it. Yeah. The ladybug of uh, something. The black, pan <laughs> the black panther of pricing. It's sex panther. Yeah. The anchor man is thing is sex panther. Yes. That's my, my cologne. Yep. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we're done here. Uh, guys, if you are interested in buying a house with Garrett in the high country, email us at agents at the short term shop.com. Or if you just have more questions and that you want to get answered, just want to learn a little more, join one of mine and Luke's weekly calls at strquestions.com. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Avery.